Welcome to Founders and Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And before we get to an awesome podcast with Colin Cavote of Biome, a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling does payroll, it does benefits, it has an awesome IT infrastructure product that allows you to provision new team members super fast and automatically. It saves a ton of time. Um, you know, and in these times, if you have to deprovision a couple of people, which, which is unfortunate, it does help do that too. So it's a lot faster. Um, but we just love it for payroll. We love it for benefits. And this, the, the IT provisioning system is like Octolite. It's just really, really nice. So startups should really be checking out Rippling. And also a quick shout out to the Cruise Consulting tax team. We are cranking on taxes. Huge shout out. Also a huge shout out to the Cruise team. Been cranking on those SBA, PPP loans. Been a lot of work, but the team's doing awesome. So thank you, Cruise team. And now uh, welcome to uh, Colin from Biome. Colin, we met, gosh, probably like a month ago, and I love what you're doing. And so I wanted to have you on the podcast. You're kind of like a good news podcast. So maybe you can kind of introduce yourself and, and tell people how you had the idea for Biome. For sure. Thanks, Scott, for having me on this show. Really excited to talk. It's a really timely environment to be discussing health and wellness. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And I think one of the really cool stories through all of this is that nature has a lot of solutions for us that can help us live healthier lives in our indoor spaces. I, for one, am working from home a lot more. I think a lot of listeners probably are feeling the burn of being stuck indoors and breathing all of that recycled air. So what we've done at Biome is try to mimic natural systems. So we study biomimetics, which is basically we study biological systems with the goal of mimicking them. And it turns out that natural systems have already created really powerful ways to clean air, to rewild the microbiome of the spaces that we live in. So what we do in Oakland uh, and now manufacture for sale around the Bay Area and throughout California are fully automated living wall systems that purify air by leveraging the microbiomes that live on plant roots. So we basically feed these billions of microbes your air pollution and they naturally metabolize it, and we just spit out fresh air back into the room. So it's this, not only are we filtering air, we're actually generating good things for your air. So where mechanical filters leave off, we're actually adding oxygen, we're adding beneficial VOCs, and we're also, this new frontier of things is rewilding. So we're emitting these beneficial bacteria into your room, which then compete with pathogenic compounds and viruses and bacteria. So Rather than using antibacterials to sterilize a space, we're actually creating this biological diversity in your home or office, which, you know, it leads to better productivity, it leads to better cognitive function, way better health impacts throughout the day and long longevity as well. And you didn't even talk about how beautiful it makes the room. It like really adds a lot of beauty, but we'll talk about that in a second. So there's a ton unpacked there. And this is why I thought this was such an interesting concept. So first let's talk like that I, it didn't even occur to me about the bacteria. So I want to cover that in a second, but just the air quality, like, you know, we all, we all sit in big offices. Ever since I've talked to you, I've been thinking about this a lot and you're breathing the same air all day long. And essentially the oxygen quality goes down throughout the day, right? Not even through the day, like through 15 minutes, CO2 levels can skyrocket. And yeah, a little extra backstory here. Uh, the average American spends like 90% of every day indoors. Uh, a huge part of that's in the office, huge part of that's at home. What we see in conference rooms, though, in particular, 
when you get two, even three people in a moderately sized conference room, the carbon dioxide levels will go from, if they're good, 600 parts per million. It's a way of measuring the number of molecules in there up to over 1500 parts per million in about 15 minutes. Uh, and that can even go up to 2000 parts per million in a half hour. What that means though, from Harvard School of Public Health is a 50% drop in cognitive function from 600 to 1500. So in 15 to 20 minutes, we're seeing CO2 levels that literally make your team members and you 50% less creative, 50% lower memory, and 50% less ability to communicate effectively with others. So when we're combining team members to like solve business decisions, we really need to be thinking about what people are inhaling. It's so funny because we've all had that like, you've been in the conference room for half an hour or 45 minutes and you're, everyone's tired and everyone can't wait to get out of there. So you have this like really productive discussion and then all the decisions that get made at the end are like rushed. And what, from what you're saying, they're also made without like our full mental capacity because we're breathing so much CO2, right? 100%, absolutely. Like, like that's scientifically why people get tired in a conference room. Um, our brains are just starting to check out because we don't have the oxygen that they need. Uh, our brains use about 20% of all the air that we inhale you know, we actually inhale a huge amount of air, like a seven foot cubed space every day is what we consume. And when you think about like drinking two liters of water a day versus, you know, a seven by seven by seven foot room of air, like the, the sheer quantity of it is, is really mind boggling. Wow. Wait, how I, my math isn't very good. That's 49 times seven. Yeah. Is that, what is that? Three, is that 3,500 cube? cubic square feet of air. Sounds about right. That? Sounds about right. Yeah. Well, but I can't do math like that on the fly. <laughs> well, I wish. Um, that's really amazing. So how much biome does it take to freshen up, uh, you know, a one person office? How much does it take to do a conference room? Well, a little, a little backstory, unlike traditional green walls or other living wall systems, our premise has been to kind of shy away from customization and we really focused on productization. So we make a landscape section and a portrait section. They hang on the wall like a mirror or a painting. They plug in, we connect them to Wi-Fi. They grow these beautiful hydroponic plants out of them. They've got their own embedded grow light that's timed to your day and where you're at. And so it's this complete, you know, computerized plug and play system. That's why we really focus on these, these standard sizes so that we can ensure success. What we've seen is that one unit can generally handle 800 to 1,000 square foot space, but it all depends on the level of pollutant. It depends on whether windows are getting opened or not, if doors are being left open, and the number of people in, in use of the space. So we're not super prescriptive on the number of units. What we see a lot happening on the architecture, interior design side, and when we work with you know corporate wellness people and corporate real estate folks, a lot of times this is just being used as a, a decorative element that also provides yeah. a lot of value. That's amazing. Yeah, we're not necessarily meeting like environmental health and safety regulations and all that yet. You know, we we do want to be able to show that like yeah, you can actually turn your HVAC down if you have you know Taiga in your in your space. By the way, I don't think we mentioned Taiga. Taiga is the name of our product line that does all this incredible stuff. Uh, I want to hear more about how it's like Wi-Fi enabled and grows, but let's let's talk about the bacteria now because that is is equally surprising. And I I do know that there's bacteria everywhere and there's good bacteria and bad bacteria, but maybe can you talk about this and how the bacteria that uh, that Taiga is is generating competes with the bad bacteria? For sure. 
this starts going back millions of years. I mean, we are animals. We grew up in river valleys and deltas and plains, and we have evolved with these microbes that are everywhere. They are, we have more microbiology in us, in our bodies than our own cells. So if we, if we deny this fact, we're really just fighting ourselves. And when we embrace this fact, we can actually enhance our well-being tremendously and our environmental well-being. So if we embrace the fact that there are bacteria on everything, the next thing is understanding what those bacteria are. And a lot of people are talking about microbiomes lately, right? Like the microbiome of the gut. What are those bacteria that help us break down food? But it turns out that our skin has its own microbiome of, of specialized bacteria. And it turns out that the table that you work on has its own microbiome and the floor has a microbiome and your ceiling fan, every surface has its own you know, collection of organisms. It turns out though that soil is one of the oldest and most diverse and incredibly balanced microbiomes out there. And so when we get soil under our skin or work with it, we see that kids have lower autoimmune issues. They have lower allergies developed. And we know intuitively that when we eat like probiotics and yogurts and things like that, it helps our guts and it helps our, our bodies. Well, when we sterilize things, when we try to clean out all of the bacteria, just imagine a table, you sterilize it. What you've done is you've just made this massive landscape with no natural competition that only the strongest organism could survive on, the most pathogenic organism could survive on. And it doesn't have any yeah. competition because you just killed it all. And, yeah. and, and so, you know, like humans have often done, we've overcorrected and what we're doing is indiscriminately destroying our microbiomes, which makes us more vulnerable, which is why Kaiser Permanente has banned antimicrobial surfaces in their hospitals. You know, there are leading research organizations and, and hospitals that are saying, whoa, this is, this is actually creating superbugs, not helping us live better. So the opposite approach is diversify bombard the ecosystem with beneficials so that the pathogens can't even compete and survive. And that's where folks at Lawrence Berkeley National Labs and, I mean, numerous universities, uh, University of Oregon's looking into the microbiome of the built environment. You know, if we live 90% of our lives indoors, we really need to understand the entire microbial community there. I, love, I feel like you're pioneering a new genre of like health hacking or something like that. Like, I feel like this is a chapter in the Tim, uh, next Tim Ferriss book, you know, where people have optimized their diets and they've optimized how much fluids they drink and exercise, but just optimizing their, their surroundings when working or even at home, it seems like it's, it seems like it's the next step. I think so, like so fully. And when we look at it as a metaphor to a plant, we know that if a plant has the right amount of sunlight and the right amount of water and the right air, it will thrive or it will die if it doesn't have that. Well, humans, we're, we're not that much different. Like if we can control all of our external variables well and create them to be the optimal things for us, then yeah, we can just like transform ourselves and our wellness. I love it. What about the smell in the office? Does it like, you know, whenever like I drive up to Tahoe and get to a certain tree line, you can, you roll down the windows and it smells so good. Mm. You know, does your product make it smell different or are we, am I really just smelling the bacteria or how, do, how does that work? So you are smelling volatile compounds that, that plants emit. So trees, you know, emit beneficial things, almost like aromatherapy in a sense. And, you know, we pick up on that. You know, there are desirable compounds in forests and uh, things that we pick up through forest bathing. The office smell, uh, there's a lot of stuff in that. 
You know, there's the off-gassing of a lot of people's technology products and clothes and body odor, let's just say it. There's a lot of stuff going on. One of the things that our product does is it filters air through activated carbon, uh, the same stuff that's in a Brita water filter. So when stuff gets filtered through activated carbon, it gets sucked in. You know, there's all these billions of tiny pores. So we don't promote that we can handle all types of smells because that's, you know, a big claim, but we can absolutely help remedy a lot of the common stuffiness that happens. The other thing that natural environments often include is the appropriate amount of humidity. Humans like a higher humidity level. That's why Hawaii feels better than, you know, like a really cold, dry place. And so when our system pulls air actively with a fan system through that filter media and then through the root system of the plants, it's also humidifying that air with uh, this wet, soily uh, substrate. And then when the fan projects that air back into the space, we're emitting this humidified, naturally earthen uh, vibe that also just contributes to a, a, a way nicer feel. I love it. I love it. It's so amazing. So can we talk about the like electronic component of this? So it sounds like you've got a Wi-Fi receiver. You've got a, an electronic fan. What like to mm-hmm. Walk us through the basics. Yeah. Well, all this research was pioneered in the late 70s by NASA. They NASA researchers were trying to figure out how to grow clean air in space. So they looked at root microbiomes. But it turns out that if you get rid of all the dirt, which you need to, and then pull air through the roots of a plant, you you generally kill it. <laughs> I mean, that's not how a plant you know evolved, right? So you actually need a lot of sensors to understand how dry the plant's getting, and then to trigger a water pump, and then once it's watered, to trigger the fans, but not to overrun the fans, because then you'll dry it out too fast. So you need a, basically an adaptive system in order to manage plants this way. So about five years ago, when we were prototyping these systems out, we basically built a full-fledged computer to run this. And then at that point, we were like, well, if we're deploying these everywhere, we probably want to push OTAs. And so we built out you know, the stack for IoT, and now we can push new firmware to the systems. And at that point, we we're like, well, we already have these computers and a bunch of sensors. Why don't we add more sensors? So now every system's also measuring real-time carbon dioxide levels in the room, uh, your volatile organic compound levels, particulate matter. And uh, we have a dashboard now, so clients can actually monitor the indoor environment and we call it the wellness platform because you know if you get five or ten taigas in your space and in different rooms you you now have analytics around how your space is performing what spaces you may need to invest more resources in to make healthy and so the computer aspects of the product are are really compelling in that way the other way that they're essential is the system needs to know if it's put into a dark basement with really low humidity or a super bright like you know we've got 40 some systems in salesforce tower which are just like pommeled with natural light so they have to water more they have to change their care so the systems all think for themselves and are fully adaptive which for us is the only way to get nature to actually scale the way that we think nature needs to scale to keep up with urbanization. Are you seeing people do this? We've been talking mostly about the office con- context, but are people doing this in their house too? It seems, yeah. like it, it seems like it makes the house so much nicer. Indeed. We get a lot of outreach on our website from homeowners that are looking for solutions. We do take some right now. 
The challenge right now is we've been very focused on commercial real estate. It's just been a large market opportunity. The Bay Area obviously has a lot of great companies that invest a lot in their employee experience. So as a small startup, it's been really great to focus in that vertical. We are uh, focusing on a cost down right now to make our product, which is moderately expensive. You know, It's kind of like the Tesla model. Our hardware is made in the Bay Area. What we're doing is investing in a lower cost version of manufacturing so that we can really enter the residential market with a more approachable product line uh, that will be available in a direct to consumer website. You know, just really easy. Pick the pick the size you want, the plants you want, and the finish option, and we'll deliver it to you. Put me on the waiting list. Gladly, yeah, absolutely, man. We got to get one back there behind you in your office. <laughs> I know. Well, I've got the paint, the uh, photo I really love, but um, yes, I could have one over the monitors. Every every pe- people know it. Accountants and software developers often have two monitors, and so having something right above that would be really amazing. The final thing I wanted to talk about was just like the physical beauty, and maybe you can you mentioned that some designers were reaching out to you, but I mean, what what's been the feedback on the physical beauty in the space? We've found through customer surveys that occupancy of spaces that have our systems increases. Employees are naturally drawn to environments that are calming. Mm-hmm. Uh, that reduce stress. We don't have the details on how much better those employees get while they're in our spaces, um, but we know that occupancy is increasing. We know that through data that those local environments are getting a lot healthier and clients can see that, which is which is really exciting. In terms of the natural beauty, we still largely leverage outside third parties like Stanford, who recently published a really awesome piece of research showing that disconnection from nature, just looking at it, you know, visually seeing lots of plants and greenery increases the risk of anxiety and mood disorders by about 20 to 40%. Wow. And again, this harkens back to the fact that like we are animals that grew up, like that evolved over millennia in natural settings and urbanization has only occurred in the past 150 years. And we are just like genetically not equipped to mentally handle what's being thrown at us, the social isolation, just the environmental spaces that we're being confronted with. So there's a there's a lot of really fascinating data around how, for instance, the human eye can perceive more shades of green than any other color. And so, you know, it's a stimulant for us. It's this, it's this like wonderful dichotomy of a stimulant that also relaxes us, uh, keeps us this like wakefully rested, some researchers call it. And if we can incorporate that into a super stressful world, I think we're providing a whole lot of value. Oh yeah, plus plus all the physical benefits of you know better air, more oxygen, positive bacteria. Like you really, I, you really come up with something really cool. And I, I I'm so glad you could come on because like we're all kind of inundated with tough things around COVID nineteen. So I wanted to have like another good news podcast here, and you you put like a huge smile on my face and also giving me a lot of hope. And I'm looking forward to having one of your systems in my in my home office eventually. Me too, man. I, I really look forward to that near future time. We're, we're really trying to bring these products out in a more available way because awareness is just, it's here. Um, and we've waited a little bit for the awareness to arrive that you know our indoor spaces matter. So thanks for giving us some spotlight to share our mission and our story. Really appreciate that, Scott. And would love for anybody listening to be able to, to reach out to us and 
uh, connect us with some thoughts or questions. Yeah, I mean, Colin, how can people buy this? Like, what what, what do we do? Yeah, so right now we largely work with channel partners, but you know, if you visit us online, www.biome.us, B-I-O-M-E.us, you can send us a little message. We'll get back to you. We're really personal. We're based in the Bay Area. We are working on some uh, larger uh, website changes that will make it easier to, to buy online direct. But yeah, reach out at biome.us or you can email me, Colin with two L's, C-O-L-L-I-N at biome.us. We'd love to hear from anyone in the in the region with questions and uh, maybe some opportunities too. Awesome. Colin, thanks so much for coming by. Check out Biome. It's, it's Again, this is the kind of thing that makes you feel good and gives you a lot of positive vibes about where things are going in the world. Thanks, Scott. Really grateful for the time here. Awesome. All right, buddy. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise from Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Scotty.